What's up, everybody? This is Dante with another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. This episode is going to be a unique one because my guest this week, we were meant to sit down for about 15 to 20 minutes for a quick Q&A for another upcoming episode. But before we knew it, we looked up and realized we'd been recording for about three hours. And that's not even counting the 40 minutes we were talking beforehand. And then the additional hour we spoke afterward as well. And the only reason we stopped talking at that point is because we lost connection. So we probably would have been talking for much more. So just also want to give a heads up as well. This episode is going to get a little um, unconventional. It, we, we get into some some personal topics, uh, just discussing our childhoods and upbringing. So I just want to give you all a heads up. And even though this is a three-hour episode, it won't be three straight hours. I am going to cut this in half. So just want to give you that heads up as well. But go ahead, get buckled in, sit back, relax, and... Welcome to the show. This go-around, I have one of my favorite human beings out there that uh, converse with... Many of you may already know her um, as I share a lot of her memes and many other people share a lot of her memes and you're a meme queen out there. So welcome to the podcast, Jits Bitch or JB. Yeah, JB. Um, <laughs> I find it's really funny um, when the account got named you know, I, I didn't choose this name and I let it roll because I thought no one would ever see it anyway. So what was the point? <laughs> um, <laughs> Little did you know. I do find it's really interesting. Um, people will message and they're like, I don't know what to call you, Miss Jits or Miss Bitch. You know, you can tell like, like, especially men in particular, they're like, we've been told that we're not supposed to call women that. And here you are. Fucking everything up. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you too before we got going. Mm-hmm. I, I'm free to speak freely, right? I can swear and say all the Yes, terms. absolutely. I look, dude. If I, <laughs> I've done three episodes out of thirty some odd episodes where I didn't curse, and let me tell you, mm-hmm. this shit was stressful. It, it's it gave you a stroke. Yeah, I was I was having a tough time when I recorded with. Um, <laughs> Uh, Khaled, who wrote the Jiu-Jitsu Ponytail, since we promoted a kid's book, it was like, yeah, it's probably best if I don't call someone a cunt. <laughs> like, right, during, just this during, one time. Believe because me. It's part of why I'm self-employed, is because I like to talk shit to my clients. Like, I, you know? I need to and when your there. employer is like, you have to stop telling people that they're all fucked up. And I'm like, I won't. They are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they're fucked up, and chances are they know they're fucked up. So, right. You know, are we all flying to, you know, this person now? That's not okay. First off, they're just fucking words. So, I say that all the time. I, now, granted, I don't. So, I cuss around my kid a lot. I don't cuss around other people's kids. I just, right. I'm weird about it that way. But my kid. I say a lot of cuss words and she does not repeat them, but I think only because she doesn't get the context yet. She doesn't know how to use them in a sentence, but once she figures it out, look out. Yeah, no, it's on. Um, 
But yes, say as you want. Thank you, because I do like to swear. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God, because that did it made me panic a little bit. I was like, oh no, do I have to watch what I what I'm saying? That'll be awful. I'm not very good at it. Um, and if worst case scenario, if it were going to be an issue, I would edit it out. But um, well, that'd be a lot of clicking in your. <laughs> dude, a regular dude, like I, it. When I go back and edit, it's if there's an episode, let's say it's 90 minutes, I'm sitting there probably for four hours. And granted, I know somebody's going to listen to this and say, dude, you're doing it all wrong or you're dumb. Probably you're right. But <laughs> that's the way I do shit. So just like chill the fuck out. But no, trust me, if it were going to be an issue, I'd find some way to edit around it. But I don't care. Say what you want. Well, that's it, too, is I mean. Yeah, like you said, I swear around my kid. I definitely don't swear around other people's children. You know, you look at people and you're like, look, I'm going to like bad words fall out of my face quite a bit. So um, you just let me know if I, I need to stop that. Um, but my, yeah, my kids, they never really picked it up. They don't, they don't swear like I do. My I... son does now, my oldest. Um, boy. Yeah, I don't I don't think he can speak without swearing either, but I don't blame him. You know? Feels good. I'm, well, I think also the thing is too, when it comes to like just swearing, again, they're just words. It's part of their sentence enhancers. So I don't trust people who don't curse. Like, right. If you don't curse, you're hiding something. You probably like you probably do some Dexter type shit in your basement on the weekends. So exactly. If you can repress, you know, that, that kind of emotion, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know you. I never heard my grandma curse for years until like recently, to be honest. And she said shit. And I was like, Oh fuck. She knows bad words. But my grandfather, <laughs> other hand, he, I would always hear him say, Oh shit. Oh yeah. shit. Shit, shit, shit. And then one time, I think I was, I had to have been maybe 11 or 12. We went out to brunch with my sister. And and I don't think she was married. No, it was, yeah, they weren't even engaged. So my sister and her boyfriend. And there was a recent altercation with my grandfather and I where it didn't go well. So right now at this point, I'm the big dick in the house. But this time out at the restaurant, not so much. Um, you know, I had a little teenage attitude and he says, you know, everybody's going up to the salad bar and I didn't get up. He leans over to me, whispers in my ear, get up and get a fucking salad. Ooh. And I I didn't know how to respond, but I got up and got a fucking salad because uh, yeah. I was scared. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard him say these words before. He means business. So, but yeah other than that I, I think everyone i know they curse i love them all those who don't i don't trust them they're not babysitting my kid no no i feel like, yeah you're not being honest with yourself and we know it because everybody at some point wants to say fuck or shit or it's god i don't know i, I feel like swearing is therapeutic honestly yeah. Oh no, it is. That's that is an absolute fact. I, I anytime I get off the phone with a, a shitty tenant at work, 
I turn to my manager and I unload. Like I yeah. sometimes while they're cussing me out on the phone, I put them on mute. Like they can't hear me. And yes. I just go all in. And then I come back and I was like, okay, ma'am, I'm so sorry that you feel that way though. <laughs> <laughs> but but I had to cleanse my own soul before I could come back to your purge. Yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> and honestly, in with it being therapeutic though, that's I think what helps me at work when I just had my review recently and our district manager is like, you know, you don't get any customer complaints. You know, you seem to handle them very well. As a matter of fact, you know, you never escalate anything. <clears throat> and I said, someone's like, well, part of it is they just want to be heard. So I, I let them, you know, get it out. Well, uh, they'll, they'll get mad. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They don't care about you. There's always that thing, though, you know, where um, you, you do reach a point with some people where you have to, like, put your hands up and say, it's out of my hands. I'm sorry, because it is. And people who people who call and yell at the people working at companies like this have to understand at some point, like, I didn't actually write these rules. I didn't write the contract that you signed. I didn't, you know, it, this, this isn't actually me doing these things. I, I'm basically just a whipping post for you at this point. Um, I, before I became a massage therapist, I worked for um, the city that I lived in processing every parking citation that came in. There was a, it was a one person job. And so I would answer the phone for um, parking citations as well as like business tax department while I'm processing people who just totally got screwed because they parked in the wrong place. And I'm actually very anti paying for parking I, it's like it's such a huge revenue source for cities that usually doesn't even get turned over where it should in the first place right you're like where's all that money going why why is my school all fucked up exactly paid you a hundred dollars for a three month late parking ticket i forgot about fuck you guys <laughs> it is fascinating how much people just really they just want to be heard they're like look man it was like this and it was like that and you're like dude i know this shit is stupid and um <laughs> Yeah, I I realize that I have a, a certain skill level as far as listening to people and helping them chill out and all of that stuff. But also, I am not made for that cubicle life. First of all, when I stand up, the view doesn't even change. I'm so fucking short. I thought that was fucked up, right? Like, I'm sitting in my cubicle. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. There's cheese in here somewhere. This is so fucked up. I got to get out of here. You know? And like people stand up and they're like okay well at least i can see over the top and i stand up and i'm like fuck so it's just i'm not i can't have that i had to pursue a different career and fast <laughs> fuck your pension i know it's probably just an electrical shock anyway. yeah yeah trust me it's, it's not all that great like no when um when i was working in health insurance I was actually handling customer cases for California. Mind you, I live in Maryland and I have a friend who moved from Maryland to San Diego and he was still working for Kaiser and he was handling Maryland cases from California. Really fucking backward, but what the fuck ever. So, you know, we had cubicles as well and the shit was just like a big part of my breakdown 
when I had a mental breakdown there was like if we had the clock off a break, it had to be on the dot. It couldn't be a minute late. It, like yep. and, and, and the thing is, if I'm on the fucking phone with a patient, I can't just sound like, all right, hey, yo, I got to uh, get off this call right now because I don't go break. Like, and if I don't. I'm going to get I, in trouble if you don't yeah. fucking shut up right now. So click. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the other part where I'm too, like, I care too much. So, and I dealt with a lot of medic Medicare uh, patients. So the elderly, like elderly. And really, a lot of times they just call. They just want to talk to people. I had so many old white ladies invite me out to San Francisco. It's oh. like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, <laughs> like, I, I wish I could come visit you guys. Like, this one lady wanted to take me. I wish you would wrap me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you offered the museum trip to me, and I felt like, dude, I really want to go. But, you know, like, I, I couldn't get time off. I was yeah. in the middle of a breakdown. Um, but it, it was just wild, like always getting all these old people to call in and talking to me, you know, just about the world the history. <laughs> it was like, holy shit. Like, and then, you know, I would get, you know, my, my team, uh, team lead, he would come out and like, it, how, I almost said my name, <laughs> like, <"Hey>, OJ. <laughs> <laughs> like hey yo my man <laughs> like you got to go off that call i'm like oh shit all right um so i'm gonna go ahead and get you connected to the other line da, 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 da. and then we started getting in trouble for connecting it just became this really fucking shitty thing and then factor in the fact that i couldn't like you said with the cubicle i'm five I'm nine so i mean i could still see over but it it not by much it was just like you damn very good no well i was close to a window which wasn't Ooh, terrible, but the thing that sucked is in the springtime when it was getting nice outside. You see that shit, it's like, oh, and, then, and I work uh 12 30 p.m. to 9 p.m., so it was like you know, and there's a bar across the street, so you could see everybody going to happy hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting there, like, man, fuck y'all, I want to have a drinking problem, like, I hate Thank all you. you now. I don't even get to have that here. <laughs> let like, me live my life i'm gonna I, be three minutes late from work I'm, I'm gonna do it. i'm gonna be back from lunch three minutes late fire me so when we were in training we would get an hour break so we would go over to the little restaurant get a few drinks come back and try to complete the training not a good idea but yeah. whatever man and i think had i stayed there long enough i probably would have figured out a way to just start bringing uh alcohol with me to work but no nah, it's fine i got free health insurance my daughter was born for free so that was cool that's, that's a nice thing if i had stayed there we would have had another kid i'm sure because it was free why not yeah, it's so easy <laughs> for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a problem for me i mean shit well no because a week before my daughter was born i got a blockage in my intestines and I thought I, I legit thought I was going to die. I was like laying there in the emergency room two days in a row. The first day they sent me home. I was like, nah, you'd be all right. I went home. I wasn't all right. So I came back and like at one point I've been there so long. My wife went to the back. was like, look, I know there are people in front of him and I know you guys are backed up, but you need to get some fluids in this man. Cause he is about to fucking die out here on your floor. And right. they took me back 
um, they pumped me up with something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't morphine, but whatever they gave me, they got me high. Holy shit. It was, I was like, dude, give me more. I, I, was I would it diluted? Be, what's that? Was it diluted? That sounds like it, it what it, that sounds like it might have been it. It it I it was kidney stones pretty regularly. It's just this like a cool party trick I do. And uh <laughs> <laughs> one got fucking stuck. Um <laughs> it was you know, the, the whole the majority of the pain you experience from passing a kidney stone is the travel from the kidney to the bladder, and I had one get stuck in between there. Mm. And um normally they gave me, you know, a little morphine. Uh, it, it would, you know, solve some pain and things like that. They came in with that diluted, and um, I don't, I don't know what happened after that. I don't know. I don't. It was um, that was a whole different, that was a whole different ball game, man. No. Watching NHL playoff hockey on morphine was fucking fascinating too. Is. <laughs> Dude, I and I, I I'm a hockey fan, but on morphine, I'm the biggest fan. I I who was playing? Uh I think it was um it wasn't the finals. It, it was uh it had to have been uh the semi. And I'm pretty sure I know when basketball was on, it was Toronto versus Miami. And then I think it was the Ducks versus the Stars, I think. And holy shit, it was fascinating. And then my hip was hurting and they gave me Tylenol through the IV Yeah, and it wore off pretty quick. So I, you know, what is that doing? Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. It wore off after 20 minutes. So, you know, I I hit the button. I'm like, Hey, can I get some more of that Tylenol? Cause it worked for 20 minutes, but now it's done. And the nurse goes, so your schedule every um, six to eight hours for the Tylenol, but we can give you some morphine. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. Okay. That seems like a large jump, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, is, is there in between? Like, like ibuprofen? Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and I remember laughing at her. I go, that, that escalated. <laughs> she goes, well, I mean, the morphine is every four to six hours. And you're, you're due for some more morphine. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's go. Well, We got hockey on the TV, so that was pretty much it. I was like, "All right, I'm committed." (laughs) Fucking pump that shit through, and let's go ahead and watch these fucking guys skate. And uh, you know, I'll sit there and drool a little bit. I had hiccups. I had a fucking tube in my nose. It was a fucking nightmare. So, basically, how I got to this point is having a baby was very tough for me. So It, it wasn't your standard cool. We're having a baby process. No. And Sarah, Sarah was so pregnant. They prepped the room for her because they're like, you're about to pop. And, you know, such is life. Anyhow. Wow. We just (laughs) went on a little adventure there. Um, So that was a solid 20 minutes of us just kind of going. Just shooting Um, the shit. I mean, sometimes that's what these things are best for. It's just, you know, catching up with people. Yeah. I do have some questions for you that if you don't mind answering for me, I'll be much appreciative. Is it appreciative or appreciated? I don't know. Appreciative. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, 
I'm going to be honest. I never did English homework in school. That's why I always had detention because I didn't do English homework. And I passed English all the time. And then when I went to college, I had to take English 101. And I passed that somehow. And then I did whatever the next one was, 102. That seems right. I didn't even go to that class. And she gave me a C. So, like, I think, like my grandma said, she goes, you're charismatic. I think whatever the fuck that means, it worked out for me to get passing grades. <laughs> it's carried me so far. <laughs> well, I had a teacher in high school tell me he was giving me a B just because I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't cause many problems in class. It was like, See, and that's, right. that's such a sign of like what it's like to be a teacher now. You know, um, I went to continuation high school. I went to high school with the bad kids where like you kind of like you'd go into juvie, you'd come out, you go into the bad kids high school and they would try to like send you back to the good kids high school, which was always a fucking mistake. Obviously, I didn't want to fucking be there. Um. <laughs> And then they'd send you back to continuation high school and you feel like, all right, this is like the sweet spot. This is the space in between where I don't have to hang out with what I now know are normies, right? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Why are you all wearing the same clothes? I'm so scared for us right now. But <laughs> is this cold? Also, juvie is the same thing. Like everybody's wearing the same clothes and I'm so scared for us right now. So I felt like continuation high school was where I was, it, I was meant to be there. Um, yeah. And I always just felt so bad for the fucking teachers, you know, like you would see these poor fucking, pra- although I had a U.S. government teacher, I had a government teacher who would fucking kick me out of the class when I got to the front door some days. I would get to the front door and he'd point out the door and he'd be like nope not you not today i'm not dealing with you today like i was some kind of fucking prick and he was a dick and i used to call him out on it and that he didn't like that you know he was a really he shouldn't have been a teacher he's a really bad person and i wasn't necessarily giving him problems as much as i was just saying like hey you're kind of a dick and i don't know if like you're wasting your whole life like this like if you die and like nobody gives a shit that seems wasteful which is nothing i said out loud so um (laughs) (laughs) he already knew he was like i don't want her coming in here i know what she's gonna say i would talk you know I, i would i would voice my opinion about about things and he didn't like that you know um once he started flipping out on everyone the subject of um people who come into the country illegally and acquire fake social security numbers to apply for benefits came up right Hmm. and i was saying something about well what about the people who get the fake social security numbers and get jobs and pay taxes into a system that they don't benefit from right and so we were going back and forth about that and he started yelling at the class you can't just sign up for welfare illegal immigrants cannot just get welfare you have to have a social security number and you can't just like like he was yelling at us like he was so sure of himself and at the time um i was actually working for this insane vietnam vet um 
who picked me up off the streets. I was a homeless kid. He picked me up off the streets and gave me a job. And that job was building hydroponic marijuana systems in people's detached garages. Um, okay. So I was working with this guy, like framing and doing drywall and building these systems. And I was selling a lot of weed at school, but I was also in contact with people from Mexican mafia, Italian mafia, fucking hell's angels. Like those were dudes I saw a lot. And I ended up having to tell my own government teacher, like, look, man, tell you what, (laughs) You, you come with me down to the mission district me and my friends will buy you three identities. (laughs) I can show you that this is a real thing. Now I wouldn't wear that sweater or those shoes, but you can come with us, you know? And he didn't like me because of that, because you can't teach kids that this is the way things go because there's this whole underbelly, sir. (laughs) You are not you know, in possession of the larger picture and you are lying to these kids and I think you're a dick for it. (laughs) There are just some people that they see things a certain way and that's like, they won't see it any other way. That's all they know is I'm right. And and also I'm an adult. So like, I must be right. Let me tell you, not true. I'm an adult. And I'm going to be honest, I'm very wrong. I want to say 60 to 65% of the time I'm wrong. And I just force got my way through most of things. Right. It's so accidental. How did you get here? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure. (laughs) That's actually how I ended up in the area that I'm in. Um, We were looking for apartments years ago. And my then fiance no we weren't even engaged yet we we're getting engaged that later that summer um my then girlfriend calls me at work and says hey did you call um that place about the apartment and i bullshit her and i say yeah um give them a call back though so i grabbed the apartment guide opened it to a random page gave her a number she called it it turned out to be a fucking awesome place and then <laughs> <clears throat> no it 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 because everything where we were a one bedroom was like twelve hundred dollars and she she calls me back she goes oh my god it's two stories two bedrooms um there's something oh carpeted floors washer dryer and it's nine i think nine thirty. oh my god and i was like what the fuck what like you threw what? a dart at a map and nailed it yeah, yeah. I was like, what part of Baltimore is this in? <laughs> she was like, no, right. no, no, it's it's in Severn. I was like, oh, so we drove out. It was uh, 15 minutes away. Looked at it. It was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then. This can't be real. It can't be happening. No. And the rent for the first three years only went up a total of $13. <gasps> shut your filthy fucking mouth. I shit you not. Um, oh. it, it was. It was fucking outstanding. And then yeah. um and how we ended up at this house now, again, Forrest got my way into it. Um <laughs> I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> Wasn't working. 
and decided to, hey, let's go try to buy a house. And I called a realtor. She took me and showed me a bunch of shitty houses. I was like, I don't like any of these, but that's okay. We're going to meet with this other guy tomorrow. to look at this um, house in Millersville. And she goes, oh, no, I said, I'm going to go to Millersville and look at this other place. She was like, with another realtor? I was like, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, that's not how this works. Like, um, either you work with me or you work with them. You don't work with both of us. I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know that. She was like, yeah. And then, you know, we kind of parted ways. So I shot her an email. I was like, hey, so thought about it. You showed us the other houses. You know, would it be possible for me to go out and see this other house with you tomorrow instead? So I sent her the code. She was like, yeah, we definitely go see it. Took a look at it. It just went up on the market. She was like, no one put a bid in on it. You want it? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And that's how that went. As far as where the money came from. When I worked at a um, unnamed jewelry company, charm bracelets, um, I had a four hundred one k there, and there was a lot of money in it that I was not aware of. So <laughs> I took it out and you bought a house. Accidentally had a down payment on a house you randomly convinced a realtor to show you. Correct. Damn you. And 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 <laughs> after that, because well, we thought that everything was going to fall from under us because they're like, we got to verify your employment. So I was still like, if you call my job, HR still had me listed as employed. So like they knew no different. I didn't officially become fired or uh, let, let go by them until two weeks before we were set to close on the house and oh God. and oh the, my fuck, God. the fucked up thing is through all that through all the bullshit we like i said we force gumped our way into this we're sitting there signing everything and my wife she's signing under her maiden name i saw it and i didn't say anything i was just like Mm-mm, don't say shit don't say shit she gets to the very last page and she says, oh, this says blank. I've been signing blank. And I just, I was like, we just fucking lost it. It's over. Okay. And the the guy in the room in the suit with the glasses looks, because her maiden name also starts with the C, as well as yeah. her new married name that she hadn't changed it to yet. And she go, he goes, just it's fine just go with it because she scribbled it but you can right. see that it's not see. Like it's a legible signature yeah so again got fucking lucky oh. walked out of there i'm mad because we didn't get you know the cute little we just bought a house picture that everybody else fucking gets so <laughs> that was my only fucking gripe but then the company oh. that we went through to find a house sent me a 500 dollars check for going with them so i was like oh dude like and then i had um another 401k with another job previously that appeared because at this time I wasn't working. So yeah. You managed to buy a house on forgotten money without a job. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Um, I'm sitting in a one bedroom, $2,000 a month, California apartment with a crazy bitch over my head. I, I mean, I would say just, I don't know. 
like turn everything off and just run forward i don't know that's what i did yeah. but i also didn't do it intentionally i was just like i wonder what happens if i do this and then <laughs> it happened i was like working well so that's how the the ashley yoder thing went i wonder what happens if i ask her to be on my podcast and she said yes i was like oh shit oh god <laughs> you went <laughs> through this. yeah well yeah and i was like like okay time to force gump this shit let's go ahead turn the brain off and go <laughs> If you just lean your head far enough forward, hopefully your feet will keep up. That's usually the hope, but so far so good. But I know one of these days something's going to, the bottom's got to fall out one day, right? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Fuck it. And, I mean, and, and if it does, like I always tell people, as long as you're breathing, you're good. So if if the bottom falls out, it's all right. I'll figure it out. I, like I said, I've, I've, I fucking stumbled into other shit. I'll stumble into some more shit. And I feel that way a lot too. I, I definitely have that sort of my motto. Um, have you ever heard the phrase in Latin? It's doom spero spiro. I have not. It means while I breathe, I hope. So there's definitely that sensation, right? Like enough fucked up shit happens to you that you realize you're like, well, I survived all that fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe whatever else comes at you can really get you down. It can make you really tired, but you know, it's not going to kill you. Mostly a lot of the yeah. shit probably isn't going to kill you. There are those things though, like, you know, needing fluids on the emergency room floor with your pregnant wife or, <laughs> I mean, there are those moments where you get close, but you haven't cashed that check yet. Oh well, yeah. There are bigger plans for you out there. I think, I don't know. Do you think that? Are you in, are you sort of like a fatalist? Do you, do you believe that there's like a destiny or a plan? Or do you think that we're just like somebody stirred the cosmic soup and we're here on accident? I think as far as how we got here, again, Forrest Gump, it just happened. Yeah. Right? We're a science project in some kid's fucking basement right now on a fucking <laughs> shelf that has been forgotten. And right. From third grade. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that child is now in their 60s. So Yeah, exactly. We're just kind of chilling up on the shelf. My kid yeah. has been wanting to um she's been watching Horton Hears a Who a lot lately and I always, you know, I I like that um where they begin to have this realization that their entire, you know, existence is literally a speck of dust on this tiny flower in a much larger place and uh i always enjoy that sensation mm-hmm. like when i start to get really stressed out i like to watch videos of um sort of like where, where it's sort of zooming out like a you are here but cosmically you know where you're like okay this is you on planet earth and you sort of pan out and you're like okay well this is earth in our solar system and they pan out and they're showing you like where you are in the milky way and they pan out even further and eventually you're just like damn it's probably okay because shit is so much bigger than me you know it's probably yeah. okay like i'm not even gonna have anxiety because like nothing i do fucking matters Woo! <laughs> <laughs> i i wish i could get to that point it's like oh. i get to that point about the anxiety and i'm like never mind what if this happens and, and I'm then, back. It zooms straight <laughs> back in. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like the matrix is like zoom. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Here you are. Such a brief reprieve. It was so short. 
Like, uh, I've fuck. always had this feeling in you know people might give me shit for it i read a lot of comic well no let me rephrase that <laughs> i read comic books up to seven pages and then i put them down and i never go back but i am in the ideal of comic book lore um right. eventually when i don't finish the book i just go to fucking google and get the cliff notes it's like oh okay cool no more mutants way to go wanda fuck it up for everyone way to go <laughs> <laughs> fucked up an entire universe but that's fine goofy hooker um like, <laughs> like it reminds you that is my favorite female superhero is scarlet witch but it, she still fucks up everything for everyone thanks and her show debuts very soon on disney um by the time this comes out it would have already started um but i believe in i don't want to say i believe in, but like i feel like the multiverse is a thing you know as yeah. as we encounter other people as we go through challenges on the flip side there's a whole nother world out there where we made a different decision like that that Gwyneth Paltrow movie uh slide indoors I think I've never seen it but I heard about it like if you know what happens if she shows up 10 minutes earlier you know you know this happens that's what I feel like you know once we kick off you know, we just start back over and do some other shit just a little different. Um, that That's what I think. But I don't know, I'm also just very, like I said, I'm up to 3 a.m. every night just <laughs> like thinking of goofy shit and, and scrolling through Instagram, reposting shit, saying. Well, huh, see, huh. To me, you know, like p- people will take something like sliding doors and it's like a really serious concept and all of these things. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just a choose your own adventure book. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we can simplify this. It didn't need to be that dramatic, but I think that's part of my problem is that I tend to not t- take things um, too seriously. Sometimes like people start getting really dramatic about shit and I'm like, Oh God, I just like fucking, it's a choose your own adventure book. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's, that's the thing though there, there are times where um you know I, I got friends that and i do it sometimes too but i have friends that are you know usually in this situation where you know they feel like oh man you know this happened and it's just it's final like it, you know i can never fix this and it's like look dude like you'll be fine like like you know that's a chapter that's closed just fucking move on it, not to sound like you know tough or anything or you know brutal yeah but i look at things for myself in that way like i do a lot of stupid shit i say a lot of stupid things i how am i coming up on 21 years with with my my wife i don't know i truly could not tell you again i forced got my way through this and she sticks around it might be that thing I do with my action figures. I don't know. I, don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I, love, it. I love it when he does that thing with his action figure. Oh, God. I, Did you see me playing with my dolls? No, sir. <laughs> see you playing with your dolls again, sir. <laughs> I like how he hangs Spider-Man upside down. Ooh. <laughs> um, but it, it's like I, I have this, you know, just this feeling in my heart. It's like, look, if my wife came home tomorrow and was like, I'm done. 
I would be sad. Yes. I'd be fucking devastated. Yes. Heartbroken. Yes. I'd go through some shit. But also, I'm going to go on to the next day. I'm going to, you know, because and and I know not everyone does it that way. Not everyone's built that way. I get it. I I just I think for me when it comes to things that are difficult, I just fucking power through it. And I just say, you know what? Fuck it. You know, you got to move on and easier said than done. I know. But for me, it's just like go. And, you know, once we get to the multiverse and come back around after Scarlet Witch fucks it all up, you know, I'll do something different so that my wife doesn't leave me (laughs) at, at a specific time. Or I might do something fucked up where she leaves me earlier. And then it's like, okay, well, you know. There I go again. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's, it's interesting. It's an, it's an interesting thing. The human mind and how some people are more capable of seeing a future, you know, with completely changed circumstances and how some people get so fixated you know, on a present moment. And honestly, it's typically, and this is where my biochem nerd shit comes out, right? Look, people get addicted to each other for the way they make each other feel. People get addicted to routine for the way it makes them feel. People get addicted to these things because it's providing them a source of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, right? These chemicals that make us feel relaxed, happy, elated, blah, blah, blah. And so I think some people have learned that you kind of have to make that for yourself out there in the world. And we rely less on other people to create that for us. We recognize that, yes, at this time, things are changing. You know, um, the things I'm used to, the people I love and care about are, are going life moves on and you create new situations. And there are some people who just can't envision life being anything but what it has been. And I always wonder how much of that is like nurture and how much of that is nature. True. Well, I mean, you said it earlier on, um, you know, yourself and I, we've been through some colorful situations (laughs) through our lives you say that so nice <laughs> <laughs> dude i mean and this is the thing like most people i can easily say well dude if you've seen the shit that i've seen but like you're one of the few people that i could say well you know <laughs> you've <laughs> you seen the shit. <laughs> like you were there <laughs> like I most other people i'm like uh, <laughs> like you, you you wouldn't understand like like no. you, there, there are a couple other people. You and a couple other people, I could say like, oh no, you know, no, 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 you know the deal. You know what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. That's but, so fascinating too. How we, I, how we got here. Yeah, it. Well, and that's the thing. I know. I know for myself, and just again going back to how we're here, why we're here. There are situations that I look back on as a kid, and. It's like there's no way that I should not have, <clears throat> you know, perished. <laughs> you know, how like, have I survived? How am I alive? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, and then that it makes it even trickier as a parent now with my own child. It's like I gotta worry about keeping this kid alive. Well, part of 
keeping my kid alive is the you know keep her like in a safe environment unlike you know my own childhood i wasn't in the safest environment until much later um in my childhood but you know i remember we were supposed to go to a birthday party when i was a kid i think i feel like i was six um and we ended up not going when i think back on it now my mom and i are very similar in the fact that we just don't fucks with people we don't like going out places we (laughs) hate people um and i don't i don't like to say that i have much in common with that woman but that's the one thing we do share is that we don't want to go nowhere it's like so we're supposed to go to this birthday party my mom as a matter of fact i know that's what happened because it's not like we're somewhere else no we're at home like my mom was on the couch watching dynasty and i was playing with he-man toys and i remember that very clear and the next morning my mom's friend comes to the house the friend her her friend who had gone to the party with her kid it was a kid's birthday party someone did a drive-by shot the house up shot my mom's friend's kid oh my god um that that's the only thing i remember from that is that he you know was killed because he was my friend and you know i think back to them like dude we were supposed to be at that fucking party right like it, you know and i says to myself I was like you know i'm glad my mom was the way she was even though there are other pitfalls throughout my life because of the way she was but just looking at things like that um I, I lived in Flint, Michigan for a while, and I always thought Flint was fine. <laughs> I never thought anything of it. You, you don't know any different as a kid. Yeah. Like, it's you don't just think. What, just what is. Yeah. You, you don't think it's any, you don't think it's odd when you see somebody getting stabbed up on the corner, you know. My neighbor, the lady across the street got fucking murdered right in front of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I, I, no, no. I should probably throw that in. I grew up in Richmond, California um, in the 80s. So that's, just, I think, important information. There yeah. you go. I'm just, that's, so keep going. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that I was in Detroit, Michigan and Flint, Michigan in the 80s right. myself. And right. two places that weren't necessarily kid-friendly. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and we were running this. I don't know about you, but we were loose on the street. Yeah, we weren't yeah. Even, my stepmom wouldn't even let us in the house because she was sleeping all day, and so I wasn't even allowed to go in my house. I had to just like walk around the streets of Cracktown, USA. If my mom was even around, it wasn't really a matter of where I was. She didn't care. Well, I want to say she yeah. didn't care, but it was just kind of yeah. <laughs> um, but it, like I remember that same apartment that we're in when um you know her friend came by after her son had been killed um another incident happened there where it is weird because people just knock on doors and ask for a cigarette <laughs> this lady yes. knocks, knocks on our door um we're, we we live on the sixth floor she knocks on the door asks you know bum a cigarette off my mom my mom you know says yeah of course come on in you know this is the 80s so we all sitting there in the in the uh, living room of the apartment fucking cloudy this shit full of cigarette smoke but it's cool i'm about to get ready for school 
Um, and they're having a good conversation, good friends. You know, they didn't know each other, but, you know, you think they're good friends. And it turns out this lady, she had a trash bag with her. She's taking the trash out and everything, you know, just kind of getting her morning routine going. Wasn't trash in that bag at all. Um, and it's like, that's just the kind of fucked up shit that we encountered growing up. Like right. she, she had two twin babies. She hated her mother and the babies looked like her mother. Oh, and fuck, dude. Yeah. It, you know, it's just like, what, you know, it, like I look back on that shit. I'm like, what in the fuck, dude? Like, huh? Like, how are we? before you're you know going to school bumming a smoke off your mom like like shit didn't just fucking no fly yeah. off the handle and go completely wrong nope yep she's just sitting there like shit is sweet and just you know talking laughing up a storm and at the end of it all she's like oh i'm gonna go ahead you know take the trash down because like to get to the, the uh trash area you had to go to the basement of the the complex right. Um, around back. So like, I'm gonna head on down, you know, throw the trash out, you know, get on with my day, get to work. It's like, what the fuck kind of sociopath are you, you you do that? And you're like, well, maybe she didn't go to work. I don't know. But if she did go to work, it's like, yo, what the fuck? I don't know how she was found out. But, you know, that and then one morning on my way to school, you know, I just walked by a guy getting uh, fucking stabbed in the hallway. Just, just as I'm walking by. You know, yeah. just trying not to get any blood on me. I was like, I got to get to the bus. I'm gonna be late. Um, so yeah, that like, fucking shit was wild. And how are we here now? I don't know. And how are we here now? So, um, my friend killed his mom. Uh, stabbed her like 52 times. Put her in the trunk of the car. Drove her to a local park. Threw her off a cliff, and then drove to Oregon. Um, Jesus. I mean, but these are like the people that you hang out with on the street. And so I think, you know, people who grow up in that kind of poverty are going to come in contact with people who like the mental health problems are there and that's why they're in poverty. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're just smashed in with children who are just sort of unsuspecting and witless victims to widespread condensed mental health issues you know and fuck man yeah i just saw some fucking terrible shit as a kid yeah i you know just talking about um getting out of a situation before something really bad happened what if we had been there i used to sleep on sort of like a closed in front porch my mom was um hanging out with hell's angels uh she was fucking somebody's man we we're moving from that house and I didn't stay the night in the front and the hell's angels came and shot up the front of the house Jesus. where I was sleeping, where I would have been sleeping, but I wasn't there that night. Um, you know, just shit, man, just fucking like, and you do as a kid, it's not even occurring to you. Like this is fucked up. I mean, it rings all of your alarm systems, but it's yeah. just kind of like, well, there goes that thing. Or I just, maybe it just feels weird it doesn't feel but everything is so surreal when your little brain is developing right like yeah it it just like you said it just seems normal it seems like that's just the thing you don't think of it 
any different? Dude, I moved from Richmond to a town further north in California um, in the late 80s after spending all my time, most of my life, you know, there. Um, and uh, it was all white kids. Um, I learned what a preppy was. I didn't know what that was. There were like just kids in like white kids wearing a lot of fluorescent colors. And I just, it was the weirdest <laughs> culture shock, just moving like an hour from where we lived. You know, it was, and you, you tell people like just a normal kid thing or like, or your new friends, moms keep looking at you with that one look, mm. you know? Like, yeah. do you want to spend the night? Do you want to take a shower? <laughs> like, 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 oh, I got good food. Like, like, okay. I mean, it's kind of a weird question. Like, like, what? Like, y'all got name brand cereal? Like, yeah. What is this? <laughs> like, your cereal doesn't say no frills. <laughs> you guys are hella lucky. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, Fuck, man. Yeah, like wow, we we took a bizarre turn. <laughs> um, That's all right. We're going through trauma hour. Look, anybody who's listening to this who can relate, I'm fucking sorry. Raised by wolves, here yeah. we are. We're in that group. Anyone who is not prepared for that, I am also sorry. I'm sorry, but that's fucking reality for a yeah. lot of fucking kids. A lot of kids have that reality, and a lot of kids, like I'll say for myself, I, I'm lucky. I got out. Um, and then a lot of kids aren't that fortunate. Uh, no. You know, when I I ended up, my brothers and I, so my grandfather, my mother, my grandmother's first husband, um, my mother's dad, he owned some bars up in Detroit, um, clubs and stuff. And he had you know, a few houses. We lived in one of those houses, kind of like squatters, really. But um, he, there was a lady that lived upstairs named Betsy. She was the housekeeper, quote unquote. And uh, Betsy never did shit around the house. Betsy stayed in her room. We never saw Betsy ever. <laughs> but one day, Betsy had a can of kidney beans. Betsy cut her hand very badly on the kidney being kidney being uh lid. So she called 911. 911 shows up. Now my mom, I'm the oldest of, of four. Uh my mom had just had my youngest brother uh on June twelfth of that year. I believe it was eighty seven. That seems like a good number. Eighty seven it is. Um so he had like a heart murmur or whatever. So, you know, she took him to the doctors for his appointment. Meanwhile, Betsy's upstairs cutting her hand. My brothers and I are downstairs. I just burned a pot of rice. So it smells like shit in the house. The EMT show um, in 87, I believe I was nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah me too. Um, so it was nine. And my one brother was three. Oh, it might have been eight. Corey was two. Well, was no, that seems right. Three, one, and newborn. So, yeah, so that was right. Um, and the EMT show up, and the, the, the downstairs is just 
cloud it with smoke because you know I don't know how to cook. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but the top part was good. Hell yeah! Just don't scrape the bottom. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that, no, I mean that that don't bottom part. That out. No, 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 for sure. I just wasn't going to be the one to eat it. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I don't need the extra uh, uh, minerals. But oh. the EMT, he comes in, he goes, he, you know, he looks around the house and I'm not paying him any mind. We're watching Mr. Rogers neighborhood at this point. They're showing us how applesauce is made. So I was fucking excited. Cause I wanted to know. Um, <laughs> I still don't, know. <laughs> but I was tuned you are in. interrupting my stories, sir. Yeah. I was like, what the, song? what the fuck? So he comes up to me, goes, um, after investigating the house, you know, they got Betsy on a stretcher, took her out of here, and he says to us, actually, I don't think they took Betsy out because there was only one uh, ambulance that showed up. But they says to me, hey, so we're going to take you guys to get something to eat. And me oh, being damn. me, I was like, well, we got this burnt fucking rice, and it's not good. So, right. yeah, let's go. So we hopped in the back of the ambulance, and we drove for what had to have been an hour. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, damn, dude, McDonald's is right around the corner. It was seriously not that far. Y'all lost? Do you need some help? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was thinking, like, where the fuck are we going? And then we pulled up to what I call an orphanage. It's not an orphanage. Um, I guess halfway house, maybe. I'm not sure. State home. It's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's just this this very square looking building. It's now dark dinner time is done over there so they take us in they got to uh swipe in with the car to get us in we go inside and this was you know at the point of the 80s where you didn't have to worry about peanut butter allergies yet so they gave us a no, peanut butter they just jelly give you peanut butter immediately just smear it on you and they're like here <laughs> yeah they, they like paint you in it and say okay now go yeah. play with the dog yeah <laughs> like, go yeah off you go <laughs> fucking weird um fucking 80s <laughs> dude the 80s were wild <laughs> And then they had the fucking got in the like, back of a hyped up van and <laughs> <laughs> got stolen. Yeah, no shit. Like back then, that's what you did. Just like, hey, let's take this kid to get some food. Drop me off at a fucking shelter. Right. <laughs> it was like, here's so a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Happened? Where's Betsy? Yeah, it was like, yeah, where's Betsy at? Like, mm -hmm. and is she um, dead? <laughs> I always wondered though about Betsy because it's right. like I would too. I would too. In the middle of all that, I'd be like, well, what the fuck happened to Betsy? This doesn't make any sense. Because I always thought about it. I was like, dude, like later in life, I was like, thanks to Betsy, you know, we got out of probably, you know, a horrible situation. But, right. um, you know, they fed us. And then a couple of days later, they showed up with my youngest brother. And it, then we knew shit was really real. So, right. but, but the, the fun thing about that, though, it was movie nights. And Breakfast Club was out on VHS. So we got to oh, all yeah. sit in one room and watch Breakfast Club. That's why it's one of my favorite movies. Because it it takes me back to that time where I felt like I'm safe. You're safe. <laughs> You're fed. Somebody Look. actually gives a shit about where you are and what, what's happening to you. Yeah. And meanwhile, as I'm going through this and I'm thinking this is a haven for me, there were the older kids. They hated it there and they were trying to run away. Every night someone was trying to run away. But as I got older, I realized a big part of that is they're the older kids. No one's coming for them. Right. There's no hope for them. They're they're feeling extra fucked. Yeah. Yeah. They're caged and, animals, caged wild animals. That would have been me too. I would have been fucking pissed. 
like I, you know, in me at that age, when we got taken in by uh, my foster family, she took myself and the two older, the other two boys. The baby went with another family, and we haven't seen him since he was two. And my mom always asked me, like, "Hey, can you look him up? Can you find him?" I was like, "No, I'm not doing that." And people let give me shit about life, it. Mom. Yeah, yeah. It's like he let him be who he is and people are like well, what if he needs you it's like and what if he doesn't you know what if we get into his life and fuck it up so right right yep so leave him alone and and also i mean again the family knew us and we you know we we've seen him a few times from infancy up to the age of 2 so it's not like uh, unless they just basically erased us like nope you don't have another family you don't know who those people are, but you know, if if they had mentioned us, look, I'm not hard to find on the internet. Yeah, I, I don't use my real name, but you can still find me on the internet. I do dumb right. shit. I've got a record. It's okay. You can find me. <laughs> There's like, a public record there somewhere. <laughs> like, trust me, if 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 you look the real name up, it's like, oh my god, like assault. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's such a nice guy. Like, <laughs> he seems like such a nice guy. That's what they say about all the worst ones. Yeah, <laughs> We're on to you. And then you say some fucked up shit, and the next thing you know, you're getting a bottle against the head. And it's like, oh my god! <laughs> like, all we said is we didn't like the fucking X Men movie. So, oh. I don't know. but anyhow, like, hmm. Ah, so that was quite the colorful trip we went down there. Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's important for more people to hear these things, though. And this is kind of like. I'm sure you get this too, that, that, that fucked up thing where I'm laughing and talking about something that happened in my past. And I'm like, and then fucking, they were shooting at us in the car, but I was in the middle of the back seat and I couldn't get out. And I'm like, ah, that was so fucked. <laughs> Why are they not laughing? I'm laughing. I think, I think that's hilarious now. Um, no. Right, when I my wife, Dude, that no, was so sorry. fucked up. I won't do that again. Just kidding. I probably did the next weekend. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, it's like won't do it again. That's <laughs> what I'm doing this weekend. Again. It's like you blink and you're just back in the same shit situation. It's so weird. Mm. Um, but I do. I think it's important for as many people as possible to hear about these experiences because, I mean, I don't know about you. Um, my entire even as right okay so i hung in as long as i could um being the buffer for my sister because i was also the oldest i think in the end i'm the oldest of six but mostly i had my one little sister growing up and then a half brother and a half sister um who i actually lost from my life very early even though i was the only one raising them it was like a divorce situation which will spare people some trauma um but I hung in there as long as I could to be the buffer between my cocaine addicted alcoholic mom who was becoming increasingly violent and, you know, protecting my little sister. And eventually I was just like, man, you know, I gotta, I gotta go. I can't fucking handle this anymore. And I chose to live outside. Um, for three months I lived outside and I would go to school during the day. Um, to get warm and like bum changed by the fucking vending machines. You know, people put a dollar in, they get that 40 cents back. Like, let me get 10 mm -hmm. cents. Um, 
you know, but even in that situation, I was still looking out for other people. Like if other kids got into shit with their parents or like, you know, you meet all the other fucking street kids. I've been adopting kids my whole life and definitely moving into my adult life. You know, all the neighborhood kids are at my house and I'm making sure they're fed and clean and getting their manners and, you know, um, I think that the more awareness people have about what that reality is for young people, for children, for, for teenagers, you know, living out there, um, people might get inspired to sort of step up more and, and help that stop. That, that would be the, the ideal outcome. I don't know. It, it's crazy to think. And I also look at it too it's like like you're saying you know your place was like you know the neighborhood hangout all the kids are there like you know you you still look out for people i always find it that the individuals who have gone through you know just unconventional upbringings a lot of times end up being the ones looking out for others you know and, and don't get me wrong i know there are people who've gone through some shit too that you know they end up being not such great individuals either. Um, Selfish fuck faces. Yeah. That's the (laughs) opposite side of the coin, right? We're all, Mm -hmm. there's like the, the, the pile of us who have had trauma and there really seems to be just two drastic forks at the end of that. When you sort of reach your own, you know, independence from those trauma inducing situations where it's like, all right, Fuck everybody. I'm going to get my revenge. Fuck them. Nobody cares about me. I'm going to fuck the whole world over. Or people are like, holy shit. I've got to make up for this. Somehow now it's my responsibility, um, you know, to make sure that people are at least healing from whatever trauma they've already experienced. I, I don't know. I, it's like, you know, when you have that fork, once you get to, you know, that independent point, and I think, and speaking for myself, I see that it's like I could be the selfish, you know, individual, and I, I have been, but I think something clicked in my head that said, you know what, you know, things might go a little better for you if you cared a little more. Which is how I ended up forced gumping my way into what I have. Probably, <laughs> it's like, I, like the universe was like, "Oh, he cares now." Ah, just accidentally put some money in a four hundred one k for him. That's fine. Pat him on the back. He's doing such a good job. <laughs> like, hey, remember those first twenty four years of his life where he was a piece of shit? Yeah, he made up for the last three though. So, ah, <laughs> throw him a bone. Give him, get him something to eat. I I think, you know, there is that point, though, where you kind of have to make that decision, though. Do I want to be a shitty human or do I want to, you know, care? And sometimes people are pushed, though, to be a shitty person um, where they think they don't, you know, they don't look at it as them being a shitty person. They look at it as like, I'm surviving. Yes, I I married one of those people. Yeah. Yeah, his defense mechanisms were totally war. I mean, the things that happened to my ex-husband, I'm not going to throw more trauma on the pile here, but it's disgusting. It's fucking horrible. 
and it would absolutely break human beings, the shit that happened to him. And that's how I married him, right? I was like, it's going to be okay. We're going to heal our trauma together and it's Mm going to be okay. But his defense mechanisms were so, you know, deeply rooted. And to him, it wasn't even a problem to be that kind of a dick was just the way it, nope, that's just the way it is. You know, this is who I have to be to survive. I'm going to survive. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing too, like, like with yourself, you know, you looked at it like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm going to oh, take care of you. And, 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 you know, we're going to, we're going to get through this. And, you know, it's almost kind of like that when oil and water meets, you know, it's yes. like, okay, we got this. And then the other side is like, huh? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> now I'll show you. <laughs> well, let me show you how, how wrong you are. And that's the thing is that we're both wrong, both completely yeah. wrong and unrealistic. So yeah. it's hard to find realism though, when you're a whole like young adult and childhood life was so surreal, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. See, and I wanted to help that man so bad and I wanted to save him and everything. But now I think if I saw him even on the sidewalk, I would hit him with my car. Okay. So that's <laughs> a really sharp turn. Fuck. Yeah, like, I had to go over like a hedge, but it was an accident twice, I swear. <laughs> Both times. Accidental. <laughs> I like, couldn't. It's just out of control. It was. I didn't even recognize him when I did that. I didn't see him when he was in front of the car. And then when I backed up, I definitely didn't see him because, you I know. thought maybe it wasn't, I wasn't him and I wanted to check. <laughs> Had to back up to make sure that it was him. Oh, yeah. God, what if I, oof, what if that was a stranger? I mean. Good thing it wasn't. Like Sheesh. Okay, good thing I, it was him because trust me. I just did you guys a favor. No, um, but it's funny how that how your perspective on things can change as you grow as a person. Where you're like, I want to help you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to help you learn to, you know, take up face jumping without a parachute. <laughs> it's cool. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> you go first. It's gonna be so much fun. You're gonna love this. I trust. Uh, me. Hey, call me when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, hey, okay, you're gonna jump now. Okay, send news so I know that you're safe. Like, what? Yeah. Just... <laughs> right when you find work. <laughs> oh, um, damn. That's something I I go through in therapy when when I talk to my therapist. As I'm using this as a therapy session because yesterday this didn't didn't go because <laughs> when ther- <laughs> therapy opened for me. So you got any thoughts on what happened um, in DC? Like, well. I, I didn't want to talk about that. I got other shit to get off my chest, but since you bring it up, yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the issues um, I, I deal with in therapy is I have a problem because I want to rescue everyone. And uh-huh. it, it's just an issue I can't control. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, I, I just, I feel like I have to be the one to rescue I have to fix things. And, well, you know, I've gotten better. I've learned to walk away from some people mm-hmm. because it's just you realize they don't want the help. They're, they're toxic. And, you know, what can you do? 
Right. And, and, and it's all, it's its own type of narcissism to think that like I can save the unsavable, right? Oh mm -hmm. yeah. That guy is totally fucked up and obviously toxic as fuck. But if you just show them what, you know, genuine love looks like, who won't come around, right? That's so blind, you know, and learning that discernment is, big it takes it takes so much discerning you know where where those energies are actually going to function and where you're just like pouring gas on the fire really yeah well i joke i was joking with um and, oh yeah i was joking with uh, a previous guest recently um about relationships and and like you know, like violent relationships, like, you know, just kind of making a silly joke of like, well, look, I mean, she's cute and all, but I don't know if I would let her stab me. But then again, it depends on how deep that cut is that she's trying to stab me with. And I always joke about that. But then I started, I was like, is there some truth to this? Like, is there what's going on behind that? Because I always talk about like, look, if she's cute enough, I will let her put a knife in me. It's like, no, the fuck you wouldn't. But then there's some cute girls out there. like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I wouldn't Maybe kick her out of eating crackers. <laughs> Well, and do you think that kind of goes back to like you you've had the experience of being stabbed to a certain depth. And so you're like, well, I have a concept of what that means when I say it. It's like I know where the cutoff is. <laughs> I know. Like, like just to a certain point, yeah, yeah, we could live with that. It's like, wait, you know, are you a cutter? Well, no, but you know, if she comes at me slashing, I'm not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> like I've played quite a bit, but you know. no, no. But I have a firm grasp on the reality of what I'm saying. Trust me, I mean it. <laughs> like, well, it, it's it's weird because it's like I look back at you know just old relationships, old friendships, and it's like you know I, I think about you know when I've tried to like help someone or try to fix someone, you know, for lack of a better term, I guess you know whether it be male or female, <clears throat> and just looking back on those individuals and it's like man like you know i wonder if they knew that it, it wasn't gonna you know they were just kind of biding the time and letting me you know go through my emotions um or you know maybe they they didn't have any control either and they just kind of went with it and just it was what it was i don't know but I, like I said, I've gotten a lot better about it. I don't try to save everyone. Also, I think my therapist and I both agree upon this. Like most of those relationships were like people that were tangible, that were here in life. Like most of the people that I try to rescue now don't live anywhere near me. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, which is why I'm up at bizarre hours at night too. You know, like, you know, watching horror movies and West Side Story and thinking of ways to, like, help, you know, my friends. Like, what can I do? And, you know, we found, you know, in therapy as well, that's, you know, that's not helping things. It's better than what it used to be. But you're still trying to put yourself in a heroic situation. where You know, I think it comes from when I watched Deep Impact as a kid. Yeah. And when they sacrifice themselves into that comet they actually only they split it so the comet still hit the earth 
but not as bad as it should have been. But when, yeah. when they um ended up like blowing themselves up, you know, uh, with Robert Duvall, Blair Underwood, and some other miscellaneous actors, right. um, I remember crying and saying, I want to be a hero too. I think that's where it comes from. Fucking watching Deep Impact. So now. What if I, what if I told you that actually it most likely comes from the reason you resonated with that movie so much? Uh, maybe, but I like the other way around. <laughs> like, it, it, it feels like I'm blaming the movie. It's, it's because you. Okay. Sorry, we had a little glitch. Um, so being the oldest and being sort of like the adult and responsible and, um, there, there's this theory that children who are raised by selfish, uncaring parents, right? Parents who are not present or explosive or whatever, um, that we are being trained from birth to anticipate their emotional needs mm-hmm. and to do our best to provide our parents with those emotional needs before they can have them. Otherwise we suffer the consequences, right? They get drunk, they get violent, they move us again, they fucking take off for days or whatever, whatever that dynamic is. And so um, the theory is that you know, this is how a lot of empaths are actually made. Um, Because from small childhood, we learn to read people so well, and we take on their emotional welfare as our own responsibility. And especially if you're an older child, and you're protecting your siblings, or you're responsible for your siblings, or a buffer for your siblings. Um, you know, we end up seeing that as, and it's, it gets reinforced to us by our parents when we do a good job and we anticipate their emotional needs, they, they praise us for it. Right. Kind of raised to be heroes. It it makes sense. I get it. The, you know, and as you're kind of explaining that, start, you know, thinking it's like, yeah, I actually had all like, it's all the earmarks right there. So I, you know, I still want to believe that, you know, I want to blame it on the movie, though. That's fine. You can. You can have it. It's not it's not um, internal. It's definitely it's definitely uh, Frodo. It was and deep impact, and... Damn it. It had a deep impact. It, 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 see, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's even deeper. Oh, and there it is again. In the name. They did it. They, they're like, we're going to call it deep impact. And it's going to fuck with somebody. It's, it's going to fuck up some kid. Watch this. <laughs> And it was really fucked up. Is then Armageddon came out like three months later. And people forgot about the impact. It was like, like, all right, so we got Armageddon with Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, uh, the black guy from the Green Mile. I can never remember his name because he's got three of them, and I always mix the names up. Um, uh, Owen Wilson and that other one guy who's in everything too, but we just never know his fucking name. This is gonna be a hit. And then we got Earl Smith on the soundtrack. And then it was a hit. And you know what's wild is so this morning in the shower, I was um back to fucking Armageddon when uh Ben Affleck's sitting there with the fucking animal crackers on Liv Tyler's stomach and he's singing leaving on the jet plane. 
I that shit has been in my head all day. I got in the shower this morning, fucking singing. Um, I'm leaving on a jet plane. Yeah. In Armageddon, that fucking movie. Fuck. Never mind. I want it to be deep impact, but it's fucking Armageddon that did it to me. See, it was just compounded. <laughs> they knew what they were doing too. Fucking Hollywood. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of them. All their fucking bullshit. Just always putting thoughts in my head, telling me like, "Hey, you know what you want? You want a Cabbage Patch doll." I didn't until oh. I saw a fucking commercial. Right. Um, right. I actually just recently found pictures of me with my Cabbage Patch doll. My Do you remember when the, the scandal came out when uh, they got mad at Cabbage Patch dolls for having belly buttons? I vaguely remember that. I, I only remember because my wife mentioned it recently because her mother, um, every time she goes to see her mother, she comes back with boxes of just all her old toys from childhood for our daughter and there's a few cabbage patch dolls in there and i remember she was talking about the belly button thing and i was like look dude i was trying to get some wwe or wwf at the time you know action figures i i couldn't be bothered by cabbage patch dolls at all but i did like my little ponies so don't judge me I won't, because um, my Transformers and my GHOs played with my Barbies and my My Little Ponies. You know what I mean? I, I had all the toys. I mean, I didn't have all the toys, but there was at least like one of each at a certain point, you know? So That that actually is why my basement is full of action figures right now. It's because I didn't have the toys. <laughs> yeah. so I'm now getting I'm the like, toys. You can't stop me. No. So uh, my buddy Bobby from uh, Nerd Rage Radio. He's got all the toys from his childhood in that basement on display. Mm-hmm. But that's part of it, though. His mom threw those shits away. So he was like, I'm going to get back at you. And he, he's he got just about every fucking single toy from his childhood. I don't think he's balls deep into G.I. Joe's, the three and three quarters, but he's got all his Star Wars. He's got all his Transformers, um, uh, Mask, you know, all of it. And it's like uh, Ninja Turtles. And that's the thing, you know, she did it. She created this monster. So <laughs> look at what you did to me, mom. <laughs> because of you. Are you happy now? Oh, yeah. um, dude, I, my mom has not been down to Maryland. I don't know when was the last time my mom was in Maryland, but um, if she came here to my house and I brought her to this basement and she, like, first off, she would say something shitty anyway about my action figures never like you're banned you can't you, you gotta leave you can't you're not welcome here ever. um actually no she she was down here four years ago because sophie was uh born Aww. and sophie looked at her like who the fuck is this woman <laughs> and, <laughs> like whenever we talk she about <laughs> oh yeah she knew trust me she she's looked at a few people and she's just known she was like Mm-mm, fuck all this but um Whenever we talk about grandparents, she talks about um, my wife's mother, and then she talks about my grandma, which is grandmommy. And, and like she was saying it one day, because she's like, I have a grandma, and I have a grandpa, and then I have a grandmommy and a granddaddy, and those are your grandma and grandpa. That, and then and she started to ask, "Where's my mom?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, well, you know." So you want to watch Bluey? And I turned on Disney Channel and it just went away. So it's like, yeah, 
We don't need to talk about that lady because she's gonna come down here and say yeah. some really mean shit, and then I'm gonna end up having <laughs> to kick her out of Maryland again. Okay. We're gonna just skip that chapter. That's she'll, all. We're just skipping a chapter. Like she'll be, you know, in her twenties. <laughs> it was like, who's this fucking lady? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle well, up. A, yes. See, I've gone through that um, with my kids too, where like my parents will still be just like super fucking drunk or, you know, and they'd want to come around my kids and I'd be like, you know what? No, no, no. And um, obviously my ex-husband's family, I mean, he he's that way for a reason also, right? Yeah. And going through lots of times of of you know them wanting to come in contact with my kids and i'm like you can fuck yourselves that's not happening <laughs> it, so. <laughs> it's always funny how people feel that entitlement of like oh you know i want to meet the kid it's like mm, that's nah. my grandchild mm. <laughs> like is I'm it grand- though <laughs> it's like not by choice <laughs> trust me no. and that's <laughs> like, not his fault all right, so why are yeah. we putting that on him? Right, I know, like you're gonna that. you're gonna punish him. Yeah, <laughs> look at him, he's cute. So <laughs> I think when actually we went up to Detroit in 2019 for a family reunion, and it, it's weird because I don't like going up to Detroit. Well, I used to not to, but after this last trip, it was really it was a fucking treat. But I think it's because it was the first time I had gone up to Detroit. And I didn't ride with someone else and I wasn't staying at someone else's house. I was independent. So, you know, we were able to move around and do our own thing. But, you know, Sophie got to meet a lot of her cousins and and it, it was nice for her and she traveled very well. But and I remember saying, like, you know, this was in the fall of 2019. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe we'll go back in the spring, you know go see my foster family up in flint then COVID happened and it was like nah not doing that and plus flint they ain't got good water so you know i'm not sure how to <laughs> handle that <laughs> like we go through so it's like oh, i want to wash my hands no no no, no baby don't do that <laughs> don't touch anything wet moist nothing touch nothing <laughs> like she'll be 10 years old Which talking about funny, but yeah <laughs> she's like why was he using bottled water to wash my hands that's weird <laughs> like yeah i don't yeah. understand but that I don't it's looking back on it I want her to know more of her family but at the same time it's like there there's a give and take to it and there's some people I'm like I don't want you interacting with because I don't want to interact with them but then there are a lot of my family members up there that it's just I think it's important for her to be involved with you know those cousins because you know they they're colorful individuals with a certain spice to them that that I think is important. I do too, and you know that that's really interesting too. Um, my sister has a daughter, an only child, and my sister is giving her child completely the opposite experience of anything we had. You know, um, both her parents are there; they're have a certain amount of affluence. Um, they've moved once in my niece's 14 years of life, you know, whereas my sister and I were already living in like our 20th house and you know what I mean? It's, 
it's just a completely different thing. And my sister <laughs> was telling her husband, who is like the most amazing guy from the middle of the country, two married parents, they're dentists and a dental hygienist. And like, they, they, they lived a certain uneventful, supportive and loving life, which is like so foreign. But um, she's telling her husband, she's like, sometimes I worry that, you know, our daughter hasn't faced a certain amount of adversity by now or that, you know, she hasn't moved around and learned to meet other people or she might become too rigid and routine. And my sister says to her husband, you know, I think it was good for me all that moving around. And, you know, it made me, and her husband said, anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably it. No, you're, you're probably right. Actually, when you say that, when you put it that way, yeah, all right. It's probably why I have an anxiety and depressive disorder and why I'm so freaked out. And okay, you know, but it's interesting how we do, we want to, we want to say that a certain amount of what went down shaped us into who we are. But it is interesting, you know, you definitely don't, you want to give your child such a beautiful, supportive, loving childhood, but you also want them to understand how many experiences are possible or meet as many people as they can. How do you do that while you keep them safe and sheltered? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> I've gone through that. Well, just with just the ideal of thinking about how I grew up versus how my daughter's growing up and who I've met in my life versus who she's met so far in her life or, you know, and I, I like me. (laughs) I I think I'm a swell guy. I'd hang out with me, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) charisma. I got a lot of charisma. (laughs) Um, Oh, Oh God, I had a line. It's from a Marilyn Manson song and I can't remember it now, but it is one of my fucking, I, I used to write that shit everywhere. I can't, <laughs> I, I got to find it now, but it has something to do with charisma. And it's like, fuck, that shit is so awesome. I love it. But um, when I, I, I look at, you know, the way I was raised and I also always say to people, I've had the benefit of being through different chapters i grew up homeless you know bouncing from place to place squatting in places i you know lived then with the foster family who was a lower middle class um and you know they took very good care of us met you know met our needs and you know wonderful family Uh, i I still love them all dearly and we'll you know, never, ever, ever forget what they've done for my life, my brother's lives. Um, And then I ended up with my grandparents who, you know, are, you know, well off, very well off. And I remember being a kid and I I was watching different strokes. And I says to myself, one of those, I wish that I got adopted by a bald headed, rich white dude. (laughs) (laughs) And it happened. We all did. It happened. My grandmother remarried, and and it happened. You got your wish. Yes. 
So we're going to go ahead and cut right there. Um, it's about 90 minutes in and we have another 90 minutes to go. So I don't want to, you know, push you through a full three hour run of us um, conversing. So I want to give you all a little bit of a break. But if you if you were OK with what we just discussed, um, go ahead and come back for the next half. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember what else comes down the pipeline, but hey, you know, we got more for you. They probably said, now let me see his song.